Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenway starts our new series, Emotions, where we'll talk about what Christians should do with their emotions. We look at John 20, verses 11 through 18, and the emotions that people felt with Jesus' death and resurrection. Dallas talks about being blinded by emotions and how we need to pay attention to them, but follow the heart of God. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, we we asked you guys this actually this morning. It's it's a it's a question that you probably get a lot, and maybe you got it uh, even more so in the past year. Maybe even especially like when you actually got to see your friends again for the first time in person after so many uh, months or weeks for you in quarantine. The question is this: How are you doing? Right. And it's kind of what I just asked you to answer via emoji uh, or, or even coming up with, with an, uh, an emoji on your own. But the, the question, how are you doing? We get it so often, right? So often to the point that like, hey, when, when we see somebody for the first time either that week or that month or just that day, it's like, how are you doing? And our normal answer is fine, right? I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm, or I'm doing good. Or some people have decided to say, I'm living the dream, or I'm blessed to be here, right? Like, everybody's kind of got their, their response to that question. But when's the last time somebody asked you that question, and like, you, you actually felt like they, they meant it? You know what I mean? Like, it's become such a common question to start a conversation. But have you ever had somebody ask you that question? How are you doing? And maybe, maybe they asked you it because they knew that you were going through some stuff, Right? They, they knew that times for you or your family had been difficult. Or maybe they asked you because it was the first time you guys had seen each other after the, the wild year that, that we've had uh, since last March. And they're asking you because like, hey, we're all kind of struggling. We all have had questions. We all maybe had some things that we were confused about. And, and they asked you that question and you knew like, hey, they don't just, they're not just asking it to ask it, but they actually mean it. They want to know. <clears throat> Excuse me, my allergies are, are getting to me. Uh, they want to know how, how you're doing. I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, you've had somebody ask you that, that question at, at some point and really, really mean it. But it opens up this whole door to actually be able to tell somebody how you feel, to put, put language to the emotions or to describe the stories about, hey, this is why I'm right now feeling the way that I do. Probably over this, this past year, uh, some of us ha- have definitely had it harder than others, right? Some of us, uh, our parents' jobs were fine, but for others of us, our parents' job was in question, or maybe hours got cut, or their job got, got cut for a period of time. We, we all, for some period of time, even if your, your family was like, we're done, it's been a week, we're going outside, right? At some point, we all were like, inside of our houses, hey, should we leave? What can we do if we leave? We, we had questions, we had confusion, some of you, when you were gearing up to go back to school, you're like really excited. Others of you were really anxious. I mean, school can make us anxious, period. And then you factor in all of the stuff with COVID and how do we interact and do I have to wear a mask all day and all these kinds of, of questions. There's, there's been a wild roller coaster of a year this past year looking back. And may, maybe you haven't really had a chance to do that. But if you do, if you take the time, not only have we been through like the ups and downs of just our circumstances, but you probably in some way, shape or form have been through some ups and downs in your emotions as well. Maybe even experiencing or uh, exhibiting, showing some emotions that you didn't even realize you had or was an emotion on the emotional scale. Maybe you're not an emotional person normally. And now all of a sudden like, what? 
why did I shed a tear, right? Like you're, you're amazed that you, you got emotional about something or why am I actually excited to be back at school, right? Like what is, is happening with me? We've been through a, a wide range of emotions and I don't know if you've ever gotten to that place where you're experiencing these emotions and maybe you're, you've got some thoughts alongside them, like thoughts of, hey, this is what I want to do with that anger or hey, this anxiety or, or this like sadness is, is just bringing me down and I don't want to be around anybody. I don't know if you've ever gotten to the place where you, you are having those emotions and you ask yourself, like, what should I actually do with this? There's a, a big uh, kind of banner phrase in our culture that is follow your heart, right? Like if you're, ever, if you're ever lost, you ever don't know what to do, just follow your heart. And basically what that phrase means is follow your emotions, right? Well, like if you really like him or you really like her, then just follow your heart. If you're, if you're anxious, if, if, you're, if you're sad, just, just, just do that. Just go do your thing, do you, get alone, just be by yourself, and, and sometimes those things can be helpful, right? If you're really angry, then go to some room. Have you guys seen these rooms where you can literally pay like $30 for a 30-minute session and you can go to this room and throw TVs at the wall. You can take sledgehammers to cars. I, I, I can't remember what it's called, right? But it's, it's like this crazy room thing where go, t- follow you, take, take your anger out in this room and, and just do that thing, right? Lead, let your emotions lead you. Is that... Is that actually right? Is that actually true? Should we do that? There's other people who would say like, no, your emotions are entirely deceptive. They cannot be trusted. And so what you need to do is you need to look at all the stats. You need to look at all the facts. You need to look at the science, the analytics, and that should tell you what you should do. Don't, don't ever listen to your emotions. So what's, what's the truth? What's the reality in there? We're actually going to look at that over the next three or four weeks. We're going to do it by looking in the scriptures. And in fact, today we're going to start by looking at, at Jesus and how he treated somebody who was in a pretty emotional state. So you can go ahead and turn your, in your Bible to John chapter 20. And we're, we're trying to see this morning from just kind of a big overview picture, what should we do with our emotions? What does God call us to do with our emotions? How does Jesus help a particular person in John chapter 20, which it's actually, and many of you were not here last week, but it's actually the same passage we were in last week. How does Jesus help this lady, Mary, <clears throat> navigate her emotions? Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at Jesus. We're going to look at his life. We're going to look at uh, other instances in the Bible where people got pretty emotional, and we're going to see what, what is it that they ended up doing with that, and what, what can we learn from it? Jesus, in his life, actually, if you look through the Gospels, somebody who's uh, got a lot of time on their hands has gone through all of the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the Gospels, if you don't know, those four books of the Bible, they give a picture of Jesus's life, uh, mostly during his three years of ministry, where he was like publicly preaching, teaching, uh, where he was performing miracles, and ultimately where he was crucified, died, buried, and then the grand finale in each of these books is that he rises again. And, and they looked at the life of Jesus in those four books of the Bible, and they said that, that there were uh, 39 different emotions that Jesus showed in the Bible, Right? Have you ever thought about the fact that Jesus, like, he had emotions? 
Sometimes I think we're like, no, he just was, uh, he just was like God robot. Like I am Jesus, bread, fish, right? Like uh, be healed. Like I don't, I don't, I feel like we just think that Jesus was this emotionless, like all he did was compassion, right? Like who touched my garment? I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you don't put that voice to him, right? But, but I, I think I've thought about him as just this, nope. He only ever did what the father told him. Like he just was one, one emotion all the time maybe is probably what I would have labeled it. Uh, and that, that emotion is always like love and happy and, and something like that. But Jesus, Jesus showed anxiety. Like he showed uh, anxiousness when he was in the garden before he was gonna be crucified. He had righteous anger. Remember the moment where he literally, he goes into the temple and flips tables? Like, I don't know, but that's not like joy, a bunch of joy being, being seen there. That's righteous anger. He was, he was angry at the people because they were taking advantage of people and they were making a mockery of the temple of God. He, yes, he showed compassion on people. He showed love towards people. But you know, I mean, Jesus, Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in the Bible. If you ever have that pop up on Jeopardy, right? What's the shortest verse in the Bible? Uh, what is Jesus wept? Uh, he, he cried, he had emotions. And so according to this person, he had over 39, or he had 39 emotions, different emotions that Jesus showed in the gospel. So if Jesus can be emotional, then right off the bat, we can know, hey, it's, it's okay, we are human. We are designed in a similar way to be emotional beings ourselves. But then what do we do with that? Okay, so if emotions are, are at least at their base level, part of who we are, then what is it that we should do with those emotions? All right, here we're gonna, we're gonna look in John chapter 20, and we're gonna be back in that same passage that we read last week. Me and Nathan Sheehan, our worship leader up here, we've been talking about this verse all week. Uh, we've been thinking about it uh, when, when we're apart, and then when we come together, we've been talking about it being like, man, this is such a, a crazy, fun verse. And so in some ways, this is kind of like Easter part two, okay? And we see this very emotional lady. Her name is Mary. At least at this point, she was extremely emotional. Let's see what Mary's doing, why she's so emotional, and how Jesus helps her navigate it. Verse 11, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. Now, let's pause there. We're kind of going to read each verse and, and maybe pause after one or two. Mary, here's what we need to know about her right now. She uh, was very close with Jesus, right? This passage is right after Jesus is crucified and right after we find out that, uh, that the tomb is empty, that the resurrection has taken place. And Mary's come to the tomb. She's weeping, but she's not just crying because she's crying, but she's actually in a state of mourning, like she's, she's sad, she's mourning that she has lost one of her close friends, Jesus. And more than a friend, this was a person who she had really put her life in, her trust in, her hope in, her future in. This is the guy that she thought was going to conquer the Romans, free her people, the, the Jews, and that from that point on that, that her and others like her would be set free by Jesus. I don't know if you have somebody like that in your life. Hopefully you have like a best friend, even if it's maybe somebody in your family, a brother or sister, or maybe an aunt or uncle or a cousin or something. We all have really close friends and we can imagine, at least to some extent, what it would be like to lose somebody like that. Obviously we'd be sad. Obviously we'd be crying, even if you're not an emotional person, I would imagine that would be one of the things in life that would get you pretty, pretty emotional. But then... 
What if that person was like, is not just your best friend, but it's somebody that you thought, hey, for the rest of my life, I'm gonna go through life with this person. They're, they're like, they've got these great ideas. They got a big picture. They've got uh, some things to say. And this person is like a mentor, somebody that you put your life and your hope and your future in. And now all of your plans about how you thought life was going to go, they're, they're gone. So Mary is, is mourning, weeping, crying. She's mourning the, the loss of her friend, but she's also mourning the loss of, of her, her future, her hopes, her dreams. This is a big deal. She's emotional, she's crying, and as she's crying, okay, don't miss this. As she's crying, she stoops in to look into the tomb. So she's got tears in her eyes, most likely. And she's looking into the tomb. And when she does, in verse 12, she sees two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had laid, one at the head and one at the feet. So she cries. She looks in there. She, she sees the angels. And apparently, I, I, we don't know. This is kind of where we got to use some of our like Holy Spirit imagination. But this next interaction is really strange that she has with the angels. It's unlike what, what most people in the Bible experience when they see the angels. They said to her, verse 13, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. And that's, that's like the extent of her interaction with them, right? Crying, looks into to the tomb, sees these angels sitting there, has this pretty casual conversation like, hey, you're weeping. The angels ask her, why are you weeping? Here's why this is so interesting, so weird, and, and why I think in some ways she's like, she's so caught up in, in her emotions that she doesn't even understand quite what's going on, is that nearly every other person who interacts with angels in the Bible, they're afraid. They're filled with fear and trembling, and Mary has this like super casual conversation with them. Now she's crying, she's emotional, so it probably wasn't like the most easygoing conversation, but right? Woman, why are you weeping? They, t- they took his body. This is where it's supposed to be. I don't know where they took him. I think that she was so blinded in this moment by her emotions and in the next one that we're about to see, so caught up in her mourning, so caught up in her in her tears, maybe even actually physically in some sense blinded by her tears. Have you ever tried to like do something when you were really crying? Like most people when they cry, they need a moment, right? To, to do anything that's going to be remotely normal. Like sit down, lay down, uh, get in the shower and wash your tears off, right? Like it, it's difficult to do most things when, when you're crying. I mean really crying. And one of those things I think would be to, to see So she looks in with tears in her eyes, sees these angels through teary eyes, and has this casual conversation with them. I think, man, her her emotions were in some ways getting getting the best of her. And her emotions were were in a lot of ways right, like and appropriate. Verse 14 says, having said this, she turned around, and this time instead of seeing angels, she saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Again, Does she not know that it's Jesus because she's so caught up in her emotions? I think that 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 could be. Did she not know that it was Jesus because she was crying so much? I think that could be part of it. Jesus said to her in verse 15, the same thing, and this is interesting, the same thing that the angels did. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And then he adds, whom are you seeking? 
And supposing him to be the gardener, Mary said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. So she is so caught up in her emotions, potentially so blinded by her tears, that even when Jesus, the person, remember, that she's looking for, the person that she is mourning the loss of, that she's weeping so much over, Even when she sees him, she does not recognize him, cannot tell who it is. Even as she hears his voice at this first time, she, nothing changes. She keeps crying. And and here's what's interesting as well. We, We just read twice the same question. Anytime you read multiple things, anytime there's repetition in a passage of scripture, it's worth paying attention to. Does anybody remember what the question is? Anybody remember what the question is repeated that they they ask? Yeah, Max. Why are you weeping? I think that that this is a a key. This is a a clue for us. This is pointing to something that, that Jesus and the angels are trying to help Mary see. We'll get back to that in just a second. Mary, so blinded by her emotions, Jesus turns to her and he, he asks the same question, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? She's so caught up in her emotions. And then what happens? Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Or last week we said, it means my dear teacher, right? It's, it's intimate. It's my, my mentor. It's, it, it's so much more than just, oh, my, my math teacher or, oh, my science teacher, right? Like, no, these guys, they had a close relationship. And Jesus said to her in verse 17, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. So we got this really emotional lady who's blinded by her emotions, so much so she doesn't recognize these angels are something more than just men, and she doesn't seem to see that, hey, this is actually Jesus. This is the one that I'm looking for. Here's my question before we move on to, okay, so, so what, what, what do we do with that? What, is, what does she do with that? Why does they have the, the question? What is, what is the big deal with Jesus saying her name? Have you ever been so blinded by your emotions that you couldn't think straight? That you couldn't act straight? That you couldn't see the reality of what was actually happening in front of you? Have you ever been there? Some of you are like, well, no, I'm not an emotional person. So you've never, right? Like you've never gotten so mad at a sibling or a parent that like before you know it, you are on top of them like fists are, you've never done that? Or, or you've never gotten like so upset at somebody that you just like left the conversation without even saying goodbye, right? Which actually, I don't like saying goodbye. This is a side note. So I pretty much, anytime I can like dip from somewhere and not say goodbye, I like that. It's not an emotional thing. It's just a weird thing about me. Uh, but, but have you ever left because you were so angry, right? Or, or have you ever been like so caught up in, in sadness or or? or loneliness that you just isolate yourself and before you know it, it's been days since you've like talked to another human being. Sometimes we can act more like Mary than we realize. Where our emotions keep us from being able to see the reality of what's actually happening around us. And, and with that, even more than just like, hey, no, this is the reality of our circumstances, a lot of times our emotions can 
can keep us from remembering the promises and words of God. And I think that in some ways that's what's happening with Mary. That question, woman, why are you weeping? Why was she crying? Why was she upset? Why was she mourning? Because she had thought that she had lost Jesus. She thought that he was gone. She thought that it was over. And she thought that all of her hopes and dreams were shattered, which the reality is what she had hoped in, what she had put her her hopes and dreams in was Jesus, but it wasn't really the truth of who Jesus was. She thought that Jesus was somebody that he actually wasn't. Jesus wasn't here to set up a physical rule and reign. He was here to usher in a new spiritual kingdom, and she didn't get it. So she's so wrapped up in those emotions that here's what she forgets is that all along Jesus has told her and the disciples, this is what's going to happen. There's going to come a time when I'm going to die. But three days later, I will come back. Jesus had told them. He had promised them. Like if he said it, then it's true, then it was going to come true. And yet Mary, this is that appears to be nowhere in her mind. How do we know? Because when they ask, why are you weeping? She says, his, his body's not here. Somebody must have taken his body. So what changes for Mary? How does she go from being so blinded by her, by her emotions, which we just said, so many of us are often in that same boat. How does she go from that to my dear teacher, my rabbi, my mentor, my friend? How does she go there? Apparently, it's just with one word. In one moment, Jesus turns to her and says, Mary. And whatever it was about the weight of her name, whether it was the the relationship that her and Jesus had and all of that coming back, flooding back into her memory. I think that part of it was when, when Jesus says her name that she remembers, wait, this is Jesus. He's the one who had all these promises. He's the one who said that these things would happen. He's the one who said that he would come back to life and now he is risen from the grave. I think whatever it was in some way in Mary's mind, it was triggered that, that all of the promises of Jesus, all the things that he said are true. All the things that he said about himself, that really is him. Instead of in this moment being led by her emotions, weeping, mourning, it turns to joy because she knows the promises of God are true, that Jesus really is who he said he was, that he wasn't just a good man, that he wasn't just gonna be a physical leader here on earth, but in this moment, this is one of the many reasons why the resurrection is so powerful, but that the whole thing is true. She's reminded of all of that and may be able to see it clearly for the first time. So now, now what does Jesus do? Like, how, how, does, he, how does he continue to move her forward? How does he, how does he help her uh, now be a part of, of what's going on? Jesus says, uh, next thing we know in verse 17, he says, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. So apparently in her like excitement that Jesus is back in her moment of understanding all of this is true, she goes to him and she's hugging him, right? He's saying, hey, we, but we can't stay here forever. He's not saying, hey, woman, get off me, right? But he's saying, hey, we can't just cling to me. The the work is not done. The mission is not complete. And so after some sort of embrace between them, Jesus says, hey, but don't, don't just stay there in your emotions. 
Go and tell the disciples. Go and tell them about your joy. Go and tell them. And so she does. And in verse verse, uh, 18, it says, Mary went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And this word seen is, it's like experienced. I've not just seen that the tomb is empty. I've not just seen that Jesus is, is back, even though both of those things are true, but I've seen now the bigger picture that he really was who he said he was. I've embraced him. I've talked with him. I've, I've, I've got this new understanding. So what is it that we do with our, with our emotions? How do we navigate? How do we take anything from what Mary has said? Well, just like Mary, we can be blinded by our emotions like we talked about earlier. And just like Mary, I think we need this moment. And for most of us, it's not gonna be Jesus saying audibly our name. Maybe it's a friend who helps you see that, no, like, hey, I I know you're emotional. I know you're really angry, but let me remind you about what God says about how to love other people even when you're angry. Maybe it's scripture that you need to be reminded, hey, I know, I know that you're sad. Like, I know that you've been through some hard stuff. But man, God is still God and God is still good. Can you trust that? I, I think that in some way, shape, or form, in the middle of our emotions when we're tempted or maybe in the place where we are so blinded that we can't even see what's true, we need to be reminded of God's word. We need to be reminded of what's true. Because if we're not careful, we'll get deep into our sadness or we'll go way too far with our anger. Or we'll just ride the emotions of our heart, right? Like, it, However we wake up, if our emotions are good, then that's how our day's gonna go. If our emotions are bad, then that's how our day's gonna go. But if we're able to realize, hey, no matter what your emotions are doing today, God is still God, he is still good, he still has you here for a purpose, his kingdom is still advancing, Jesus is still alive and well. If we're reminded of those truths, it's going to change how we treat our emotions. It will. There's that phrase again, follow, follow your heart. The, the scriptures actually talk about our, our hearts quite a bit. And maybe the, one of the most famous verses is found in Jeremiah 17.9. Jeremiah 17.9 says this. If we put it up on the screen. It says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We are emotional beings, but we are not meant to be led by our emotions. We're not meant to just follow our heart, let our heart decide where we go. Why? Because our hearts are tricky things. They're deceitful, or uh, some other translations might say it's, it's a bumpy road, right? There's a lot of hills in our heart. There's a lot of ups and downs in our heart. Our hearts are not meant to be trusted all, all the time. And they're certainly not to be the things that lead us. Again, because in one moment, you're, you, you may be extremely angry at somebody. And so should you just follow through with whatever that anger says? Or you may be extremely sad, or you may be extremely happy. Like, and, and for some of us, here's what I was thinking this week, like some of us really aren't that emotional. We're like, I don't really struggle with following my heart. I don't really struggle with like only being led by my emotions. 
Well, have you ever found yourself just not wanting to do things because it wasn't going to make you happy and only choosing to do the things that would make you happy? Like, have you ever found yourself doing that? Some of you may have spent your spring break like that. Like you're literally just sitting around and you're like, hey, what would be fun right now? And you just go do it. No matter what responsibilities you have, no matter who might be around you that you may be neglecting, you just follow your heart, right? That's basically what you're doing. But our hearts are deceitful. They're bumpy roads if we travel them. Uh, It's hilly. It's it's not where we're supposed to get our, our guidance from. But I do think that it's, it's something that we should be aware of. So here's kind of the, the bottom line, last thing that we're going to say this morning, okay? Pay attention to your emotions, but follow the heart of God. Pay attention to your emotions, but follow the heart of God. When you do experience emotional times, it's good and healthy and right to look at your emotions and say, why, why am I experiencing this right now? In some ways, Jesus was helping Mary. The angels were trying to help Mary do that very thing. Woman, why are you weeping? Sometimes we need to ask ourselves or we need people to ask us, hey, why do you feel this way? But then, just like Jesus, helps Mary see that there's a bigger picture at play by reminding her just with one word, her name, of who he is, of what's true, of the promises of God. That's what we need. To in the middle of our emotions, instead of letting them be what guides us, being reminded of the promises and heart of God and letting that be what we follow after. I think that drastically changes how we deal with our emotions. I think it changes how, we, we, how easily we get blinded by them. I think it, it changes how we follow God's heart. When we realize it's not just like, hey, I just got to make sure that my heart and God's heart aligns. Like, yeah, there's some truth to that. But sometimes it's going to be, hey, God's saying one thing, your heart's saying another. Lay down your cross and follow him. It's part of the Christian life. So when you get emotional next time, pay attention to those emotions. Ask yourself why you're feeling it. But in the end, ask, hey, does God say something about this? Is there something bigger at play? And what does it look like to follow him here? Let me pray for us. God, thank you for sending Jesus who wasn't just an emotionless or just one emotion robot, but he was a person who who had real human emotions, a bunch of them. And thank you for just giving him the ability to, to help us navigate, help somebody like Mary navigate her, her weeping, her mourning. Got to pray for, for us as we go through life. And yeah, this, this year was pretty hard, but there's, it doesn't mean that the rest of life is going to be super easy. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be happy times. There's going to be everything in between. And as we encounter those things, as we have emotions that rise up within us, help us not to be blinded, but help us to be able to see through those things and see the truth of who you are, what you've said about us, and the life you've called us to, and help us to follow you in those times. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.